0: G'day scholars and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun Podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Dom Philp. On the mic, not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. If you found us over there on Twitter, you can tweet it out. If you found us on Instagram, maybe you can add it to your Instagram story. If you found us somewhere else, maybe you are a member of the crew. We talk a lot about the crew in today's episode. Um, Who knows? Get around us anyway on social media. Let your friends know. Tell your nan, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your granddad. I guess I don't give a lot of love to the uh, male patriarchs and grand patriarchs of the families each and every week. All right. Hey, uh, uh, something a little bit different again this week. Episode 23. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, what, Shane Warne, Michael Clark, um, Cameron Mooney for your AFL fans. Who else missed 23? Other famous but I'm sure. Um, so, we for this week, we have got Ross the Boss Casey on the show. Uh, it's a two-man booth. And for our roundtable, we've done another long-form interview. Uh, me talking to Ross about his wrestling fandom, just like I did with James uh, a few weeks back. It was really, really well-received, so that's what we're going to do with Ross here today. We are going to do a little What the Nerds Are Watching, because we both watched a bit of wrestling this week. Let's get straight into it then. Um... Here's Ross, let's do it. Uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, this is episode 23. Uh, Dom Philp here, joined by the boss, Ross Casey, two-man booth this week, which is always good fun. Um, And you know what, I'm looking forward to this pod as much as any I have for a while, because it means I get to chat to the boss and get inside what makes him tick. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but let's talk about some wrestling first, Ross. Uh, let's do some what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. Um I was just saying you, I don't know whether I'll keep in or not. I uh, I've been I've been ill this week, un-COVID related, uh, more food poisoning related, I think. Um, and that's enough detail for the people at home. So I've actually watched more wrestling this week than probably what I've watched for a while. I, I actually watched, um, I watched NXT from last weekend. This week I watched SmackDown from last week. I watched Raw from this week. I watched GCW from the weekend. So Amazing. yeah, I've seen I've seen quite a lot of wrestling the
1: last three days. Um, so I
0: mean, yeah,
1: I've watched two of the things that you've watched. That's perfect.
0: Sweet ass. Right, let's do it. Well, I, I mean, I don't really have any standouts from WWE, but well, I guess I'll start with WWE, though, because I just wanted to sort of, I, like, I, the reason I decided to watch it, number one, I was sick and I, like, I couldn't, I, I was genuinely really ill for, like, a day and a half, like, as in, like, couldn't really get out of bed. So I was like, I just need to put something on that I don't have to think about and, I was, and something that's going to kill a lot of time whilst I'm ill. So I was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to watch all of Raw, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> So um, between WWE and The Simpsons, you know, it's funny, like those are still my comfort shows, even now I'm, you know, 34 next week. So um, I, I didn't have too many takeaways, but I just like, it made me realise how long it's been since I've watched Raw because Randy Orton in his program, I don't know, did you see Raw yet or do you no, watch
1: Raw? I've literally just finished it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I um Randy Orton at the start of the show is giving this promo and he's like, I haven't been here for seven weeks. And I'm like, Oh shit. So he hasn't been there for seven weeks. And not only that, but I hadn't watched it since he started doing the arcade bro stuff. So I don't know how long they did it before that seven weeks. So I was like, just without without really thinking about it. Like I haven't stopped watching WWE or anything, but I think I haven't watched it for like three months without even noticing. Wow. Okay. And like, Well, I guess because like, I, I, I didn't see any of the RK Bro stuff. So I was like, okay, so, I, you know, I thought it was, I was like really interested in the storyline. And what stood out to me was like Riddle did like a really good job of like showing emotion.
1: Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's like, like I was, like, I, and I'm sure anyone who watched it would have been like, oh, man,
1: this poor guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> just be nice to him, Randy, you prick. i tell you what it reminds me of, and I know that, that they've got loads of these sorts of tag teams in the in the past these like weird mixed tag teams two wrestlers that you think never would work but they do I love the fact that the crowd clearly want it to happen yeah like, like it's so rare at the moment um in like wrestling that you just have a like nice feeling about it like oh that's quite a nice thing of like they've told a story about this unlikely friendship that that like sometimes these things just just go by the wayside and it doesn't work but for whatever reason they're both charismatic enough and different enough for people to be like do you know what similar to team hell no this is this is just entertaining and we want more of it and the crowd are telling the writers through their reactions that that they do want it and and you're you're exactly right team hell no because it is similar
0: because it's all and i know uh, I, I wish we could go one week without mentioning Speaking Out, but like, obviously Riddle's got that dark cloud. But at the same time, he is still like a bit of an indie internet guy, work rate guy, I suppose. Yeah. So you, so like, just like Daniel Bryan, I mean, I'm not trying to compare those two, but, but still there's one guy who like the internet is kind of like, oh, this guy's a good wrestler, and there's one guy who's an established star. Um, and it's and it sort of works that way as well because you kind of keep everyone happy, right? You keep the kids happy. You also keep the, you know, us happy because, you know, Riddle's a former guy, yeah. progress guy or whatever, you know, taking out the other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it really, like, I thought it really worked, and I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of cool, and I was glad to actually see some of it, but then Randy Orton RKO's him at the end, and I'm like, oh, is that the end yeah, of it? Or so or is we, that is that him saying, Oh no, we we're actually friends. This is what I did
1: to all my friends. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what that's that's another thing about Raw as well that they haven't been doing recently, but I like the fact that they did it here, that they did kind of, like it is a bit of a cliffhanger, isn't it? It is a bit like will they won't they? Yeah.
0: I um, i I mean I don't know if I'm gonna watch three hours of RAW next week to find out, but like well, I guess we'll see see how quickly India beat England in the test
1: and then I'll see (laughs) if I've got time for it you know so something that I noted as well is the fact that the crowd love Orton like it's crazy to think that two years ago previous to this amazing run that that he's been on he was such a sort of an unwanted guy in that in that roster wasn't he like oh, he's taking up a space on the roster from the guys that are coming through but something that's that's really ringing true for me post pandemic when the now now that the crowds are back, or do they want the big guns? Like Cena is mega over on SmackDown. Um, We can talk talk about that now if you want, but like Finn Balor, bless him, is caught in such an awkward situation um, being part of that storyline.
0: Yeah, well, it makes him seem B-grade and I've only seen 30 seconds of it. I just saw him cut a little promo about, oh, he said something like, oh, and then I've got a bone to pick with John Cena. And he just came across as like, you know, the
1: the secondary guy or the, thir- the third guy in the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when he made his comeback on SmackDown, it was like, oh, that's a big deal. Balor's back on SmackDown. And then he gets put into this uh, main event picture. And actually all that's happened is that he is kind of been bogged down with Baron Corbin um, side of things with the angle and when it was and like when it was coming to the fact of him signing the contract people were chanting for for like Cena like yeah the only thing that can come out of this in a positive way for me is if he turns heel and it kind of is that um because because obviously at the end of Smackdown he finished at the um other side of a beatdown from the Usos and the crowd were chanting for Cena and it really reminded me of that time that um, DX reformed with X-Pac and the Outlaws for the first night on Raw and tied Chainsaw and Cactus to the cage and beat the shit out of them. And, they, and the crowd chanted for Austin. And then the following night on Raw, Mick Foley came out and was like, it'll be a long time previous to you seeing Cactus Jack again because it's not worth it anymore because you chanted someone else's name. And then he turns kind of hill. Yeah. Like it makes me think that's an opportunity there. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like,
0: surely it's, but he he can't be the top heel. That's it. That's the problem. But I mean, the it he, he, it depends whether people want him to have a run at Roman or not. I suppose, but I guess either way, it's probably not going to happen by the looks of
1: it. It's just it's just something that like Balor's gone away to NXT. He was amazing in NXT. I know that we spoke about this in the in the podcast to the point where we were like. He's the saving grace of NXT. And unfortunately it proves that he wasn't. But um, we like Ivan made the, the like possibility that he could go to, to um, back to um, his previous place in New Japan and maybe save them because his matches were amazing, his promos were amazing, he felt different. Yeah. And at the moment on the main roster, he doesn't quite have that sizzle.
0: Yeah, on it, it's almost like on NXT, he felt like Cena and Orton, didn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, he's, and then he's come up to the main roster again, and he's kind of, even though he's got this slight edge to him, he still feels quite similar to what he was when he left. And I think for, like, just the idea of turning him heel on the main roster is just something that hasn't ever been done. I don't think he ever turned heel on the main roster, did he? Not properly, I don't think, no. And he was there for, what, four years or something like that? Yeah. He- so, like... Just like a little, um, just like a little change in character for him, I think would, would uh, do him good, and I think that the possibility of giving him a stable is something that could be done.
0: Uh, I was just going, I was just saying, I'm, I'm all for it. I'd be all for a heel turn from him, um, but it's got to be him. Mo- it can't be cowardly heel. It's got to be like almost like the NXT where he just mows people down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and if it starts with Corbin, well, so be it. But then hopefully, it's you know some other people. And he just yeah. snapped and run you know,
1: like I'd happily watch him destroy Rey Mysterio in five minutes on pay-per-view. Like that yeah. I'd be I'd be bang up for him having a club and having it old school. Two um two guys in the tag team and a beast so that he could do the Farley thing where he comes out on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you like have you got anyone in mind? Um not particularly, but like surely there's someone from like someone from NXT or even um, even bringing over someone from Raw that's not really doing anything like DiJack or something. Yeah, I thought I I thought DiJack actually looked really good on Raw. Oh this mate, thing. I was going to say to you on paper that that Raw we had Ricochet, Sheamus, we had Ali Dijak. we had Styles, Orton. On paper, that's stacked, isn't it? Yeah, actually, like I, I was watching. I was like, uh,
0: I mean, I wasn't that into it or whatever. There wasn't anything. I was like, oh man, I'd hate to miss this. But at the same time, it's not awful. Not at all. No, no. Yeah, it, it, it was fine. Like I, 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 I enjoyed. It. And I was like, I was actually watching. I was like, you know what? There's some over people on this show. Like because I haven't seen Miss and Morrison for ages. And like when they came out, they
1: got a good reaction doing whatever stupid bullshit they're doing. I tell you what, Mrs. Comedy Chops are bloody brilliant, aren't they?
0: Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, and like they just there were just a few people, and like, I was like, oh, Ricochet is way more over than The last time I saw him as
1: well. Shout out to Ricochet. I, you like you know how much I love Sheamus, and Sheamus normally carries matches on Raw, but that was the Ricochet show. That match wasn't it? Bloody hell!
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that that that's a, that shows the pro that Sheamus is. He knows to work different types, types of matches. Big time, yeah yeah gutted uh, that about to tell you is that title but priest is over as well so that's cool yeah priest is over and you know what
0: priest can kind of promote like priest is actually cool like yeah. he's someone that if you like if your girlfriend walked in or your wife my girlfriend walked in the room they'd be like oh that guy's not just a wrestler he's actually kind of maybe cool
1: yeah it I makes a huge difference when someone's just comfortable he just seems like He's comfortable in that role now. Like he's comfortable going out in front of fifteen thousand people and trying to get a good reaction. Yeah. Um,
0: I want to. I, I also just had like one sort of. It's not about what necessarily happens on NXT, but I just wanted to make a little bit of a point about NXT. Um, I don't know whether you've seen. You wouldn't have seen last night's episode yet, probably.
1: Not yet. But I saw
0: last week's. Okay.
1: Uh, I without spoiling matches do you know did you see any of the matches that happened or anything like that so i saw that apparently dragon Old and pete don had a match right
0: yeah okay that's cool i just didn't want to spoil that for you because it wasn't announced before the show it got it gets announced mid show but yeah like like number 1 that's just brilliant stuff like we obviously got to see that at Wembley um yeah, some of us saw it more clearly than others depending on alcohol intake <laughs> uh, but like, i mean that was at the time, that was like the most into a British wrestling match. You know, like I was just so into the build of that, and yeah, then yeah. to get to see it on NXT, I thought it was really cool. And obviously, they, they, you know, they they obviously have a great match. I won't say anything more
1: about that because I no I know. Did, what, um, yeah. how did the crowd react for Dragonov as someone who's not really been in the, in the states? Yeah, good, good. Like they
0: all they did like the like they're all moving their arms and stuff. It looked like they knew who he was. You know,
1: Weird.
0: yeah. Um. And, and they both they both talk like on their own. Um, Dragonos not the worst talker. Like there, there are there are actually worse talkers than him because he just keeps it simple. He's like he even says like yeah I'm not much of a talker, but now I'm going to yell. And and when you start yelling like he does, it doesn't matter what he says. He could just be like fire truck plants, <laughs> like he loud noises. You know like it would it, it'd be fine because he's got the intensity. So you know he, like I I could see him. You know he, he's doing all right. Like, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the Walter match, obviously. Um, but I I just have this like I know that lately, and especially in our group, and we will make fun of them and put the boots into them when they're not here. But there's been a lot of talking down about NXT, right? And yeah. I, I and and I love it. I'm, this is not because do you know what I think it is? I think people are still trying to compare NXT and AEW, and yeah. I, I just I just think it's an unfair comparison. Because AEW is the best wrestling show that's been on TV for five years. It's it's wonderful. It's a great two hours, and I love it every week. But NXT isn't far behind it, and it, in some ways it's better. And I'll tell you where it's better. It's better for realistic matches that are more sporting.
1: Yes. Yeah. So...
0: I saw Bubba Ray Dudley a while back, and I, I don't listen to his radio show or podcast or whatever. I just heard a quote, and he said that NXT, um, the matches are better than AEW because the action is more believable like a fight. And I didn't think too much of it, but the last two episodes, it's really stood out to me. And I, I was like, you'd like, I love the flip style of AEW. I, I love the comedy stuff. I love Marco Stump. I love all that stuff, right? Um but if you were trying to show someone wrestling that was hard-hitting and looked realistic, like if I, had a, if I had a friend who just watched Japanese wrestling and I was trying to show them American wrestling, I'd definitely show them NXT, not AEW. Yes. Like, is,
1: that, is that the reason that you think that you um, actually um, were gravitating towards Hardy, Christi- Hardy Christian? It not- it matched, because it was a match that stands out amongst the fifty. <laughs> yeah it would be yeah that's i hadn't thought about that but it probably is because
0: it probably was more technically sound like oh, it sounds like i'm now i'm ragging i'm not like, i want to re-emphasize that aew is my favorite show on tv aside yeah. from prodigal son but it it's like i i i can also see i can also see places where nxt is still better than it and and, and i'm not saying and they're not in competition in my mind like it's like oh this um, th- this is good because, and that is good because. I like I like beef because it's meaty. I also like potatoes because they're potato-y,
1: You know, yeah, they're not. You don't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you've got on NXT at the moment, you've got the um, LA Knight Grimes stuff, and that's the stuff to me that would fit way better on AEW. Yeah, because you've got a legend, which is something that NXT don't really do, and AEW do it a lot, and it's more story-driven than it is in-ring. Yeah. Like, Uh, like AEW stories are brilliant, and they're layered, and they go on for a long time, and that's something that they're trying to do with this LA Knight thing, whereas NXT, for the past few months, they've been having really good matches, but they're just burning through these feuds. Like, Yeah. Uh, I I guess, like, it's it's, pro- it's too
0: obvious probably for an AEW story, I suppose. Like it's, it is lowest common denominator stuff, but it's great as well because LA Knight is such a good promo and
1: Grimes, Mate, like that guy, how is he so
0: charismatic?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, like, so like for me, it like, the, like that storyline would fit alongside the AEW stuff with like the best friends and Miro and yeah, yeah, that, like that sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> the stuff that AEW fans hated. Yeah, yeah, like
0: yeah, yeah. No, no, mate, it, you're exactly right, and I, I've enjoyed that. I tell you, like you haven't seen it yet, but there's some vignettes, like the next step in the um, Dexter Loomis Indy Hartwell story, and they were they were so bad, but they were actually funny.
1: I'll tell you what, Indy Hartwell's Australian, right? Yeah, man. What is it with Australian women being funny as fuck? Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I didn't.
0: I didn't find it to be that way a lot when I was living there for the first twenty six years of my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I right. guess. Um, but, her and, like her and Billy K would be
1: an absolute dream. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, and there's nothing like Cassie's funny as well. Um, I can't even remember what Cassie's name was in WWE now. Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, the the way, I saw a picture that she posted last night, and her six pack is out of control.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, she's obviously been using the time off to get in silly sh- I th- You know what? I think this is, um, I, th- I actually think that she did, she must have trained for one of those, like, uh, fitness competitions. Like, uh, I don't know what they're called. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But, you know, almost like what, what Tori Wilson and Trish Stratus
1: used to do. like Yeah, where you yeah, kind of, yeah. and um, yeah. I think um, Dana Brooke as well does it, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did one of those recently. Um, Ah, So, yeah, yeah, she's in
1: ridiculous shape. It's,
0: yeah, it's actually, it's silly.
1: Um, My only um, takes from um, AEW, in terms of just being joyous, were um, that six-man was so much fun. The, remind me. Kingston uh, and um, uh, Mox against Everise and some guy that I didn't really know. yeah. I, yeah, I mean, and, like, obviously the there's, like, the famous picture at the end with Kingston, <laughs> Mox, and Sting. So good. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, it's good. That spot, um, um, that spot where he's like, are you the real Sting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And then Darby comes through with, with the dive. Amazing. Yeah, and Darby, oh, Darby dive.
0: I know we've said it before, but it's just ridiculous, that dive that he does.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's... I don't know how he hasn't died, that bloke. Yeah, it's Shotzi Blackheart style. Um, I don't care if I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, the person it reminds
0: me of was Homicide with uh, uh, the the oh, take yeah. on. Yeah, it's basically it's basically like a like a lawn dart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then like it's like oh well, I'll,
1: I'll hit you first and then I'll flip after to make sure I'm safe. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then my other take was just that um, I know that it was like sloppy in places, but. How much fun to watch Hooban Toot against Jericho? Well, actually, yeah, it was fun. It
0: was fun, but that—that that was one of my things about the NXT being crisper. Like, even Jericho, like even his match with Hooby was just like it was fun, and it was and it was great for other reasons. But at times, it just it looked like they were waiting for each other or just having a dance. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't get that on NXT. Like
1: no,
0: no. Ma- ma- I don't know. Maybe they edit NXT matches. I I, I don't know, but I just I guess not because it's li- is it live? I don't know. It it? Yeah. 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 Anyway, but like you you would never you, you just don't see. Maybe I'm wrong. People might tweet in instances where Dom is wrong, but you don't you don't see you don't really see that on NXT where someone is
1: in the corner standing there waiting for someone to jump off and do a loose head scissors. I know that the only time that you've really ever mentioned it was that you spotted that Keith Lee was doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, some yeah, and I think that was more on Raw. Oh, was it right? Okay, I yeah. think I think because that was that was when I was people were saying, "Oh, how could Keith Lee be sent to work on his in ring work?" He's amazing. I was like, he is, but this is something that I had noticed. Yeah, yeah, um, and and again, like I don't know, it's wrestling should be fun, and I am not critical about in ring in ring work because. I went to two wrestling training classes, and it's really fucking hard. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like I yeah, it's just something that I've noticed, and I I, I love the obviously I, you and I were both Nitro. Well, I was a Nitro guy when it was on, and I think you went back and watched it
1: afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, so I was a post Nitro guy that, that that went through the network and watched them all. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my favorite part of it was was um, Tony Schiavone
0: mentioned. Uh, Road Wild '98, yeah, uh, yeah, and I actually I, I had that I had that on like VHS. Like my mum bought it for me for my birthday, obviously in 1998. Um, and I, I like I used to like, like I'm sure that the video reel was like onion thin because I I just used to. There was two great cruiserweight matches on it, like Ray wrestled psychosis as well on the same show. Sick, and I just drilled and I just absolutely drilled them both, but like the, the Jericho hoodie match, like. Obviously, it really was a fantastic, fantastic match. Um, I'm sure it's on the network now. Anyone could go back and watch it. But um, Jericho was doing stuff like in that ma- like Because when it uh, it always stood out to me back then when Jericho was working with the Cruiserweights, he was always a little bit bigger. So he used to do stuff to the Cruiserweights like Hoovy and Ray that Goldberg was doing to the jobbers. Like
1: he'd do <laughs> stupid shit like a gorilla press and drop them into a tombstone and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, enjoyed um, this week watching the Ali match. There was there was a lot of that. Yeah. Can not say what, they're over as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, fuck, that man saw, how has he gotten over? But anyway, I guess he's just a, hands- <laughs> a handsome, likeable
1: kid, I suppose. Yeah. My only um, criticism about him this week was the fact that he tanned his front and not his back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I looked that closely,
0: but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I so I also just what I'm, what we're just doing free freestyle and free in here. Um, but I watched GCW as well on the weekend, right?
1: What was the show like? Uh, um, was it like, um, uh, was it like a... uh, all of their shows are like internet, like fight TV, right? Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, if you're listening, Brett Lauderdale, I definitely paid for it. <laughs> uh, so. The, there, there was, like, I mean, there's loads of things I can talk about again. Like, I'm not going to go through all the spots and stuff. Um, but, there, so firstly, the main event was Nick Gage again in a death match. Um, and it was against, uh, I, I want to get this right, um, it was against a transgendered woman uh, called Dark Sheik. And she was unreal. Like, it was just as good as any Nick Gage match I've ever seen. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Dark Sheik. Like, just so great. And it's just excellent to, um, in my mind, to see a transgendered athlete in the main event and to be in a death match against Nick Gage. Like, fucking fair play, you know? Question um,
1: to Dom. Yeah. Um, Nick Gage, right? Obviously, like, like, hometown hero for GCW fans, MDK all day long, blah, blah, blah. Um, He's like the real deal. People like really think he's like he's like it that he's like hard as nails. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. It's kind of stupid to think about booking in terms of of like death matches because the idea is isn't really who wins and loses. It's like just who can take the most pain. Yeah. Like does 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 him losing to Jericho and him losing to Ryder like like does that hurt him to that crowd? like as, as like someone who's not in that crowd like do they start to be like oh i don't really like have like full faith in him anymore like he went like he went on to these shows and he lost and it's like and it showed up deathmatch wrestling or, or 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 are they just proud that he went on these shows and is bringing yeah. the masses like i think the second one
0: i think they're proud that he was on AEW. In the On the commentary, they didn't mention that he lost to Jericho. They said, that's Nick Gage who carved up Chris Jericho on national TV. Right, right.
1: right. Okay.
0: You know, that's what, that's how they sold it on the commentary. Um, speak, speaking of which, I'll tell you who was on commentary for the main event. Um, Sean Waltman,
1: ex-Park, did commentary okay. for the main event. He's got quite an interesting voice for commentary.
0: That's- yeah. <laughs> and it, he obviously didn't do any preparation or anything. Like, he it. It sounded like, you know, he was—he kept saying, but he was fine because he was just honest and stuff. But he kept saying stuff like, oh, back in my day, you wouldn't see any of this shit and, like, and things like that. But he obviously, and he's like, oh, I'm not really saying much because I'm just uh, captivated by Nick Gage and this shit they're doing in the ring, you know. Like, yeah. he was just honest. And I was like, oh, you know, that's, that was kind of cool to get, so, you know, a, a legend talking about a style of wrestling that he doesn't know much about. I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, like so that that was cool. GCW they they seem to have like one main commentator, but they just get anyone else in that they can. That's really cool.
1: that, that is cool.
0: Yeah, a bit like PWG used to do. Like every now you'd get like you just have to be like, oh, CM Punk's here to do a match, <laughs> you know, and Punk could call a match, you know. Yeah. So it's been like like Janella does some stuff. Like on the last show, uh, Prezac, Dave Prayzak was there doing some matches, which was cool. Um. The only other thing I want to talk about with GCW is there's this guy on there, right? And his name's Jimmy Lloyd. And he I saw him a few years ago at like a CZW tournament of death. Or maybe a couple of them. And I was like, oh, this guy's obviously like fucking mental. Like he, he does like the most hardcore crazy shit. He was the one that I was talking about that did that stuff with Drew
1: Parker on the previous show, right? The like the like needles and shit.
0: Yeah, all that. Yeah, the needles. That was the big one, the needles, yeah, the syringes. But just everything, just silly shit, right? And I was always like, I, I, just, I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't get this, this guy. And then he, like, he was in, like, the opening match that wasn't a death match, and it was against someone else. I, I can't remember their name, which is bad of, of me, but it was, like, I think his name was ASF. Like, it was, like, three initials. Right, yeah. And he was, a young, he was obviously a cruiserweight, a, a small wrestler, and Jimmy Lloyd, that fucking guy can work. Like he worked this ridiculous. Like it would it would not have been out of place on an AEW pay per view. This match like he was just really spotty, fast, crazy. Like and they they said about like Jimmy Lloyd his nickname. I like I've I've heard it for years and I thought it was the stupidest nickname in the world. His nickname is "You're dealing with a different fucking boy, Jimmy Lloyd." So they call him the different fucking boy, Jimmy Lloyd. That's his name, right? And I'm right. like, that's it's I'm quite, like, that's, Sorry, mate. Go on. I was, just saying, I was just saying, it's quite a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's what I'm like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, who is this guy? Like, obviously, he's a crazy deathmatch guy, but I can't connect with him. And then after watching this match, I was like, oh, shit, I get it. Like, he is different because he can do everything. And he's like, he looks, he, he doesn't look, you know, like he, he's a little bit overweight. He doesn't have much of a body or anything like that. But he can do the most athletic shit when you give him a chance. He can do death match stuff. He is a different fucking boy to everybody else. And I was like, this guy stands out to me now. He's my guy. So now, Jimmy, I'm just announcing it now that Jimmy Lloyd is my GCW guy from now on.
1: I like it. See, even you've turned your back on Gage. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm like, now it's my favourite. Like, if I was in high school, genuinely, I would definitely be writing different fucking boy on my books. <laughs> like it's just like after I've, I've known about this guy for like three, four years, five
1: years, but now it just connected with me after
0: watching this one match. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to
1: say that on the pod. Do you think um, GCW will have a big homecoming for Sterling, Alex Zane? Yeah, but yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. he's got a ninety day clause, I'm assuming. But
0: yeah, yeah. At the I follow his I don't I follow his Instagram, but at the moment he's just on the beach. Why like he's just. You can just see he's just having a good
1: time. Such a weird one, that isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's so I know for a fact he had ten matches in WWE or ten televised matches on WWE. Yeah, and the most the most recent one, the tenth one, was with the the cruiserweight champion Kushida.
1: <laughs>
0: like, so imagine that. Imagine like, oh yeah, you come in, we'll employ you for ten matches. We'll push you to have a match with the champ, and then nah, we don't need you. Fuck off. Yeah, bizarre, really bizarre. Like, yeah.
1: Anyway, like, so I don't know if he's just – he's probably just putting on a brave face, but I think he's, he's very young. But I'll tell um, you what, like that, like, that anti-WWE crowd is going to eat that up, aren't they? Oh, mate, yeah, yeah. And,
0: yeah, like, he, he's – I haven't seen a lot of his work, but I – yeah, I look forward to seeing it
1: um, and look forward to seeing him back. It's but I think – um, so do you think that that uh, you're gonna be watching GCW kind of weekly now? Yeah, well when, whenever I can
0: find it, I'll I'll have a look at it. Like I'm looking for like I know their next show now, they've like Jimmy Lloyd's in the main event, it's like the end of a big uh blood feud with this guy called um uh G Raver. Um so like I'll probably I'll definitely watch their next show because that's been announced. I'll I'll seek it out. So you know, you know, it's like um it's like I drink a lot of Guinness, and they always say that you have to drink thirty pints in your life before you enjoy it. I think maybe
1: GCW you have to watch three shows, so you know maybe I maybe I will after the next one. Think, man. Well, um, please do keep on um, being our GCW guy on the, on the pod.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I am a novice, so don't expect too much expert analysis. But I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm getting into it. It's decent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. That's about it for me. Like what I've been watching. We, I guess we mentioned the releases a little bit. Like, did you have any sort of brief thoughts about the releases? Like like I said last week with Brummer, like we're not really a hot gossip show, but I, I
1: was absolutely shocked by Bronson Reed. Not, not only shocked, but I'm gutted for the lad. Yeah. I've, I uh, watched his, his, his video where he was just sat at his laptop talking just from the heart. Just kind of basically saying that he, that he was just as shocked as the fans are. Then thanking all the fans for the outpouring of kind of support. Then he also thanked Triple H and Shawn, which was really interesting because that ties into what the rumours are saying that it's not like these releases are not coming from them. It's coming from the Pritchards and the Nick, Nick Karns and the Vinces of the world who want to change NXT into something up, something else. But to me, if 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 what they want is to is to breed big like big boy wrestling and you've got bronson reed on your books what are you doing releasing bronson reed yeah like i think it's like
0: i think i've said it before but there must be a lot of these people that have like secondary reasons for things that like just aren't made public like maybe like yeah, I, I, I don't want to guess like what it maybe Bronson Reed, maybe it's to do with immigration or, you know, for example, this is just a, a silly rumor mill. I don't know anything more. I, you know, most Australians, are my cousins, he's not, um, but I don't know, but like, I wonder sometimes I'm like, maybe if I'm, if it's a, a clearly money based decision, well, there would be an, an additional cost for WWE to pay for his skilled migrant visa, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, and stuff like things like that. But I, I don't, I don't know.
1: Why? My, my my, initial thought when he was released was and this is complete like, like me just guessing and I know that that's something that we shouldn't really be doing but it, in my head when I think of Bronson Reed specifically on Twitter I think of him as like a really stand up dude and even when he and even when stuff breaks in the wrestling world that he probably shouldn't touch with a barge pole because it's just going to put flames on fires and he's going to um, like, put his uh, flag in the ground when he doesn't need to, but he does every single time. Like, he's super, like a social activist. Like, he's yeah. clearly quite left-wing. Um, and yeah. to me, like, people like Bruce and Vince probably look at that and like, he's just going to be trouble. Yeah. Like, it's... which is which is absolute bullshit because obviously they're on the opposite end of the political spectrum. But 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 that's just me guessing. But like. I can't imagine that he warmed himself to those guys through his tweets.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, he just, I, I haven't met him, but I, but I, I don't follow him on Twitter or whatever, but I, I always got that feeling about him. I know that, you know, I think I. I know he's a big supporter of, um, you know, like Indigenous Australia and Indigenous Australian rights and stuff like that. Um, I know he often re-Instagrams this guy called Briggs, who's like an Indigenous rapper from Australia, who is like very, very uh, left-wing political as well. Um, so what I'm getting at is he just seems like a super sound guy. Um, and I also, he's just going to go and smash it wherever he goes.
1: Yeah, I um, I love the fact that, that that he ended the quite kind of like downbeat video with the fact with like just basically saying that he is the best superweight in in the world and the next step will just prove it like
0: yeah. so
1: like fair play to him he's just going to knuckle down find the right place for him I'm sure that there's going to be a bit of a bidding war of, like MRW I'm sure have got a bit of money Um Ring of Honor I'm sure would would want him but AEW I'm sure is going to be the ones that probably snap him up and um, quite rightly so because he's absolutely brilliant just a. Uh... And he's, he's got,
0: yeah. We're, and he's also a Port Adelaide fan as well, which is the football team that I support back home. So fair play to him. <laughs> um, the, um, just while you're talking about MLW, last thing, oh, this is just me telling you news now, but GCW announced uh, Jacob Fartu
1: for a show coming up as well. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited to see that, to be honest. Shout out to MLW, actually. I watched their Battle Riot. Um, which is basically like a 50-man thunder match. Oh uh, my goodness. It's on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half long match and it kicks off with David Richards at, at number one and he goes through pretty much t- to the end, which is great because I love David Richards. Um, Salvio Vegas in it and then he gets eliminated and comes back as Quang, which is amazing. Uh, um, yes, please. You've got like Silly ones coming in like the Blue Meanie and stuff, and then you've also got guys that you mentioned from GCW like Tank Man and people like that. Oh, sick! Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, if you've got a spare, I mean, what did you what did you think what did you think of that Tank Man? Yeah, well, like it's it's kind of hard to gauge in these matches, isn't it? Like you don't really yeah. see the best of people in that sort of environment, but yeah, he looks good. Like he did the um, the standing um, shooting star. Yeah, which I know that you noted when you spoke about him last time, but yeah, yeah, fucking great.
0: Yeah, that is cool. That is cool.
1: Also, last uh, last little thing previous to us doing a quick Q and A, just on like dirt sheet stuff. Quite interesting, isn't it? That um, I don't know if you saw this, but the um, it's now being reported by people that claim to be more in the know than the people that initially reported it that there was no. Mental health issue with Bray Wyatt.
0: But was, oh, right!
1: Like, and that just shows the like dangerous thing of the fact that these journalists aren't actually journalists, are they? Like, like there's no way to verify this information. There's no like real like objection to people printing anything, is there? Really? And then it's just rumor and innuendo, and you don't actually know what's true and what's not. So that's just a little, yeah. Like, disclaimer for these sorts of things isn't it like don't believe everything you read on the internet <laughs> yeah well I mean in a, in a, in a lot of cases
0: uh that just you know people like us I mean like in, in most cases you know we've probably got a, more of a following than a lot of these people who start the shit you know but I, I, th- I think that we do a pretty good job of maintaining integrity we don't you know I, I joke about it being a hot gossip or whatever but you know we don't really do any of that shit um so yeah you're right it just goes to show like, um, so, yeah, listen to us instead of anybody else that you might be listening to, dear listener.
1: Listen to us talk about things that we don't know about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, like, actually admit it when we're making up booking ideas, you know. <laughs> um, um, Book bingo isn't reality. <laughs> well, al- although a few of the things that we have said. <laughs> um, mate, excellent. Good stuff. Uh, it's been good to watch some wrestling, you know. Like, I've, I've been, I've enjoyed getting back into it. Um, if only I was sick and on holiday more often. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Mate, uh, let's do this roundtable, eh? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. Introducing first and foremost, he hails from Bristol, but he fights out of North London, King's Cross and Pancras. This is the Creator, the Founder, the Curator, and the Sunshine Kid, Ross the Boss,
1: Casey! Hey Matt. Yeah, champ. Hey, have you talked to Mark lately? Uh, I haven't really talked to him, but he looks pretty, uh, down. <laughs> he looks pretty, uh, down. Yeah, well, maybe we should cheer him up then. You do. Well, does he like butter tarts? I was lying on the grass on Sunday
0: morning of last week, indulging in myself tonight. All right. Okay. So this week, the roundtable is slightly different. The topic, it's my topic this week. Uh, I'm hosting, and my topic is Ross Casey. So I am here. I just want to talk to Ross, and uh, it's a chance for me to find out a bit about Ross's history as a wrestling fan, mate. So, um, Roscoe, mate, I just wanted to ask you, like, let's go all the way back to the start. Uh, do you have, like, a memory in your mind from when you were a kid about, like, your first childhood memory of wrestling? Or was it, like, something that was always there? How did it start for you?
1: Yeah, so I don't have a distinct... This is when I first started w- watching wrestling, but it's definitely been a massive part of my life since I was very, very small. I know that I had, like wrestling buddies wrestling figures wrestling tapes from when I can really remember because my brother's two years older than me so I'm assuming that he probably maybe got into it first and then I started watching it with him um I can't give you exact dates or anything like that but we had VHS tapes of like the 1989 Rumble and I'm only born in 1987 yeah and obviously we, like we could have bought that tape in 1994 or whatever but i do remember watching sky sports um superstars so that was and that was about 92 and then summerslam happened so that's like i, I think 92 is my first like proper memory of like being really excited for a live show um summerslam 92 so, t- like, tell me about SummerSlam 92. Like, do
0: you, like, you remember watching it clearly? Like, did you, was it, uh, you know, did you could you order it on pay-per-view here? Like, how did that work? Or did you have to wait for the VHS?
1: Yeah, so it was on Sky Sports, um, and I remember that because two of my neighbours, who I didn't particularly know, knew that we had Sky Sports and knocked on our door that morning of the event and were like, do you watch wrestling? Because we want to watch <laughs> SummerSlam what really were they were they like kids like you or were they adults so i was I, I must have been five years old at this point and yeah. the people that came around to watch it with us were like probably like nine and eleven or something like that yeah right did you make friends did you make friends with them after that um not really <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they came around and used our sky sports um but, but i absolutely remember um so this is mad right so I don't know how this happened and I don't know if we just did it wrong because it was so new then, like pay-per-view. But I remember reading in the newspaper the, the like, we used to get the Daily Mirror at the time, at that, at that age, like a tabloid. Yeah. And I remember going into the sports pages and seeing, like, pictures of of um, SummerSlam in it. And, and, then, before, and then... Before it was on. So in your mind, it's like, oh, this is live,
0: but it's already been in the newspaper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, like, I don't know whether like just, we were just so new to, to, to the technology. We just thought like, Oh, it was uh, like, we, like we read in the sky newspaper that it was going to be on this time. And we just stuck to that. I, I, I don't know, but I remember reading all about it and then <laughs> watching it like that, like that evening, but like, not in like a spoiler way. And like, I was still really excited to just watch it. Yeah.
0: No, well, I mean, like, I, I, like I'm like i sure you were like me. So I had the same sort of experience with you with VHS tapes. Um, I don't think we got as many of in Australia as you did over here either. But I could watch the same ones every weekend. It didn't make any difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was my earliest memory. And then yeah. just right up until, oh, I'm like, so my, so like, I've got three loves in, in my life in terms of entertainment and their music um, football and wrestling. And music never, like, it didn't really come into my life until, like, I was a teenager. Classic. Like, yeah. oh, I've, like, found this Nirvana CD and I really like yeah. it. It's teenager style. <laughs> um, and wrestling was always there from a young age and football was there for, from a young age. And around about the time I was a teenager, I kind of fell out of love with um, football because I would turn into a bit of a grunger. I yeah. was like, sports are for, like, jocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, but I, but I still did watch, watch the wrestling. And then I fell out of love with wrestling a little bit during university, just because yeah. I was just living my life um, and, like, trying to be a real boy rather than being sat at home. Choosing to, to stay in on a Friday night to watch Raw whenever when like, all my mates were at house parties. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I was like a non-drinker um, until I was like 20. And like I just like covered myself in as much wrestling as I could instead. Like <laughs> I had so many VHS tapes, mate. I like I, I taped loads of stuff off the TV. I taped pretty much every ECW Hardcore TV off Bravo. I taped all the Raws, all the Smackdowns, and then I bought all the stuff that I couldn't get hold of by TV with, like, um, um, WCW. WCW I just couldn't get hold of from uh, from my TV. So I bought a lot of the the VHS tapes for WCW. So, like, um,
0: when you were... With, like with the ones that you taped off the TV,
1: like are they are they still floating around somewhere? Like have you still yeah. got them? Yeah, um, I've got, so, like my my loft at my parents' house is full of them, and I think we're gonna sell the um the like official ones. I don't really know what to do with the ones that are all like just hand recorded. Because like the reason I ask because I have the exact same
0: thing. So I and. I, like, I've got a funny, like, not a funny story, but
1: I wonder if you ever did it. Like, did you ever, like, did you ever catalogue what was on each tape and stuff? Yeah, so I, so I, um, when I first uh, read about Dave Meltzer and even, like, I, like, oh, wow, people rate wrestling matches and catalogue things, I yeah. was, like, I, like I, I can do that. And I think I did, like, <laughs> the first one, for whatever reason, because I, I, I've got, like, a big old um, Filofax type, type thing. Yeah, the first one that I did was uh, SummerSlam '98, and <laughs> I stuck it on, and I watched Val Venus against Dilo Brown, and I was like, "This is brilliant!" Five stars. <laughs> 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 and, then, <laughs> and then I finished that show, and like I don't know, like something like seven of the eight matches were five stars, and I was like, "I don't think I'm the right person to be doing this." <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is that you have like the, the enough self awareness though to
0: realise, but. <laughs> like, I've made I've made this joke before, and if you're a regular listener, you probably ever say it. But you're like with wrestling, you're like that episode of The Simpsons when Homer becomes a food critic, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm giving this my lowest rating ever, seven
1: thumbs up." <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, just just what like in terms of what I like and and what I don't like in wrestling, like like if I don't like something, I just try and find the fun part of it. Like, I don't understand these people that are like, oh, my God, dude, up lost because Lily winked at her. Like I, like, I watched that and I was like, this gives me warm, fuzzy feelings of watching Doink the Clown. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I get it. Like, it's, yeah, you keep the stuff you like and don't be critical of the stuff that you don't really.
1: You know, I, I get that. Um, yeah. Um, like, and even, like, watching Progress live and stuff and other promotions live. The matches that I don't massively enjoy, I wouldn't like. I like. I, I just find it really dis, dis, disrespectful to like just not show some kind of like admiration for the people that are trying to like, firstly entertain us, and secondly put in their lives at risk. Like how, like how have we seen, like? Obviously, it's really rare, but people have died wrestling. Like, it's not an easy. Like how you said, it's not an easy thing and like because like people that just shit all over it and like it doesn't matter if you're athletic or or, or or not athletic like some people say like oh you're a fat piece of shit so like you like you can't say anything it doesn't matter about that it's more about just the respect thing for me. like you yeah know, it's athletic. it's it's literally so hard <laughs> like
0: it's like it's just it's people don't people just don't realize and like It's getting worse, isn't it? With, like, the world we live in now with social media and stuff. Like, it's getting worse for everyone. It's getting worse for, like, I'm, like, I know, I'm a school teacher. I know there's websites out there that'll, like, rate my teacher and, like, shit on my teacher and stuff like that. Like, I I don't, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's just the you know, the world's, like, the world's fucked, mate. (laughs)
1: Yeah, obviously as well, like, being our Twitter guy, like, I see a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And I've... And I, when I first started on 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 doing the Twitter, if I saw something that annoyed me, I went down a bit of a doom rabbit hole and would click on their profile, scroll through all their tweets, and just get angry at all the things that were saying. That. And then I trained my brain just to be like, if I see that stuff now, I just think, what what a pointless thing to even tweet like. And and it's really rare that that uh, we get like bullshit tweets at us because by and large we. We we steer clear of stuff that's going to create that. Yeah. Um. We try and be like fun and positive with pretty much every tweet that we do. Uh, but there are times still that people write bullshit things to, to me, and I just don't rise to it. I just don't react to them. I just like their tweet. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's definitely the way to do it. Line. Yeah, because they just want your attention. They want you to engage in a fifty, 50 tweet conversation that drags them into the world of other people like that's what they want Like it it's
0: why I will never fully and there's a lot of reasons why but it's it's uh why I'll never fully have the success with the Instagram as you do with the Twitter I think it's like I just I really have trouble separating myself from negative stuff do you do you get negative stuff on there not really, there's only, a, I can genuinely only think of a couple of times, but I also remember them really, really clearly, which shows that it had an impact on me. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I'm the same, like I, and, and to be honest, it, it probably is because I've said like, you know, whatever, whatever. But I don't want to go into it now. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not, I mean, I'm not active enough really to get too much negative feedback or anything like that. And I've never, I've never waited on anything. Like even the speaking out stuff. Like you and I were, like our group. Excuse me, our group was probably more impacted by speaking out than any f- group of fans. Like we, we're, we were so close to that situation. Um, yeah. And as far as you know, being fans, but uh, I never waited on any of it. I couldn't, I couldn't find the
1: words to even show support. You know what I mean? I didn't know what to do. So. Yeah, I like I know for a fact that like. I know that we spoke about it actually I think in one of the first podcasts that we did like I was finding it hard to sleep because like
0: yeah
1: i like um I'm sure that we'll go into wrestling should be fun and the creation of it and all that sort of stuff but yeah man. um like the fact that we were like a super close-knit group how you say of like quite and like quite a big group of like a bunch of people that probably would never end up as mates yeah. and through wrestling we did and then Me Too happened, and it started to feel like we were kind of... And then the pandemic as well. It wasn't just Me Too. Like, we've not really hung out as a group for, like, almost two years. Yeah. Like, and that takes its toll. Like, people have, like, started to not really engage in the Facebook chat and stuff. And that's yeah. bound to happen. Like, it's like, that's a long time. Like, we obviously lost Carlson through Geography. Yeah, James. is fair play to him, he's t- he's taken his, like himself away from wrestling. Like, and it sucked, man. Like, we built this like lovely little group of people, all engaging in a, in quite a social life altogether, and then it just became a bit like, oh, giant. Yeah. Mate, I,
0: yeah, I, like I agree. I think ever and I'm it's not just our group. I'm like there are you know, anyone listening that's not from within the group, like I'm sure that they can relate to it. Like even if that is sort of, even if they don't have many wrestling friends. By the way, if you don't have, if you listen to this and you don't have many wrestling friends, give us a message on fucking Twitter or Instagram, you know what I mean? Like don't you know, there are some wrestling friends out there. But yeah, it it has been tough. But then on the other hand I'll say like that's where I and you know, this is pretty sentimental but
1: that's been the best part of the podcast right oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. I've regimented like like a like like a regimented place where we can all hang out and chat about wrestling which is something that we've had to do because we haven't got live shows (laughs) and it's actually really lovely and the fact that we get like nice comments from people outside the group that enjoy the content that's amazing and the fact that people like Mike who aren't able to hang out with us as much as we used to like sees it as a, like sees it as his opportunity to spend a few hours down the pub talking to us, even though he's not there physically. Like that's, like, that's amazing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It, yeah, it's been the best thing. Like we're talking about wrestling should be fun then. So like you let's talk rather than before we talk about like the Twitter and the, you know, Facebook group and stuff, like, what about the people? So, like, how, how did you sort of come to wrestling in London? Like, I, I mean, I kind of know the story, but tell the listeners about, you know, you're back in London, you're working.
1: Like, how did you kind of come across Brit wrestling
0: Live at that point in your life?
1: Okay, so I was living um, in a place called Finchley with um, quite a few of my uni mates, all in, like, a front house, basically. Um, single, loving life in London, post-breakup of a long relationship and just kind of going back to, like, you know, mates and nights out and all that sort of stuff and just feeling a bit like a a, um, university life again but with more money (laughs) through a a a five-day-a-week job. Um, So we had Sky Sports, got back into, like, watching – regimented amounts of wrestling watching Raw watching Smackdown we were lucky enough in the UK to have NXT at, at its infancy so from the very first show where like um, Dusty Rhodes is the GM and all that sort of stuff I don't think even the US in a lot of states had had that on TV um, so I was, so like we were super into it went to a Raw um, the guys bought me a ticket for my birthday which was amazing and like I'd I'd actually never been to a RAW in my life, so like when I opened that present up, I was like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm like so chuffed! This is amazing." Went to it, and it was the one where it was the Shield against Taker, Kane, and Brian as the main event, which was amazing. Um, and on that on that night, um, Rev Pro were handing out flyers at the O2. Like,
0: do do you? It would have. It had to have been workers. It had to be wrestlers, surely. Like, do you remember anyone that
1: handed you a flyer? No, no, I don't. I know that it, that it was a girl, and that was it. Um, yeah. Don't know who it was. Um, probably would now if I, you know, went. So, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> but it de- definitely like it. Either would have
0: been. I think sometimes you might have like a wrestling street team of fans that do
1: stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm sure that more often than not, it'd be it'd be workers yeah may well may well have done mate. um so yeah they were handing out flyers and on that flyer was a picture of Hushin Liger um Finn Balor who I didn't know at the time but was like six packed up and Bret Hart and it was like Revolution Pro Wrestling at Bethnal Green featuring Bret Hart and I was and you know how much I love Bret Hart well, tell tell us tell us about Brett because I was going to ask about him later. So, <laughs>
0: like, so because uh, I was going to ask whether like Brett was a standout from SummerSlam and is that how you
1: started loving him or did yeah. you grow to love him over time? Brett was always my guy. Brett, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I've, I I think I've said in the past of this this quote where like um, Magnus actually put it on his Twitter where he said that like t- t- like to America. Um, Hulk Hogan was their champion but to Brett he was the world champion yeah. where like, like he didn't like go around with the flag like I know he did when he turned hill and um, became team Canada and everything but um, like 92 93 or whatever, he was just like he was just like a normal bloke that was just amazing he just radiated charisma even though his promo work and stuff wasn't amazing like didn't matter like he's so believable so like noble like I I don't know what it was about him but I just absolutely loved him always have done and the fact that it was actually Brett that got me into Brit rest like super weird but yeah that like that was genuinely the case I only went to that show because of Brett Hart I'd I'd only ever seen Brett Hart once and that was when we went to a WWE house show in 2000 and um unfortunately obviously he um he took that kick from Goldberg so he wasn't wrestling but he came out and talked to the crowd and like um told everyone that he like he always does like the European fans are amazing you've always taken to me blah blah blah. you got an incredible reaction but I've missed out on seeing him wrestle which was sad but yeah that like that was the reason that I went to that show and then the very first match on that show was the Swords of Essex like and I had no idea who any of these people were Dom, like not at all. No, like no idea. Had no idea what I was getting into. I was assuming that it was just gonna be like the shows that I used to go to in Bristol when I was like fifteen, with the likes of James Mason, um, Skull Murphy, all these old school guys. Yeah. Um, so I just assumed it was gonna be a bit like a bit Panto and a bit Butlins. And then the Swords of Essex came out alongside um Project Ego for the first match. And my lord, I was just blown away. And match after match after match happened, I was massively impressed. They had um the next match was like Doug Williams against um <clears throat> what's the guy's name? The cruiserweight in Japan, who broke his neck and he's got the little teddy bear. Uh Hiromi. Yeah, yeah. Takahashi against Doug Williams, but when Takahashi was like a a, a like young boy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Fuck. I didn't know about this this story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like so like, yeah, there was amazing people on it. And then the main event was um um Liger versus uh, no, sorry, it was cult, cult versus Skrull, main event. And Bret Hart was the special guest like enforcer. Yeah. And um so
0: is that is that villain's girl yet, or getting close? Like, is it?
1: Uh, let me guess. Actually, actually mate, I, I tell a lie. It was it was Liger versus it was Liger versus Balor, and then oh. and then it was Tanahashi versus girl. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then and, and did did you did you have any knowledge of Japanese wrestling? Nope. Like, did you did you know any of these guys? Nope. Didn't know Tanahashi. No. New, new cult, new cult through like his podcast, yeah. Um, but didn't really ever see him wrestle because I didn't really have um, ROH DVDs or anything like that. Never really seen him wrestle, um, but yeah. Then then the match happened, and Skull and Tanahashi had a great match, and Tanahashi beat him with a sharpshooter, <laughs> 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 and then um, to like end the night. Um, Tanahashi doing his, like, um, air work. And um, Brett Hart comes in and starts doing it. So then Skrull tries to beat up Tanahashi. So then Hart puts Skrull in a, sh- a sharpshooter to, like, send everyone home, home happy. And, That's... Uh, like, as my first ever, like, indie show at, like, the York Hall, cool, which isn't a-, a bad venue at all in terms of, like, seeing sight lines and all that sort of stuff. Like, I was just, like... Th- this is on every month like I, I just couldn't believe it like could yeah. not believe it and um so I went to that show with a few mates of mine who enjoyed the show don't get me wrong but the only reason that they were there was for um Brett Hart but so, so I would like nudge them and stuff and being like oh, oh like the next show is in like Roehampton let's go to Roehampton <laughs> <laughs> they were just like no <laughs> um so I was like mad into basically like I just dived into it and was like, I need to just be at all these shows. Went to the next Rev Pro show, and then on my seat at Rev Pro for the next show was a Progress, um, uh, flyer for for Chapter One. That's fucking mad. That like R- Rev Pro must have let him do it. I'm assuming so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I found out about progress then obviously didn't go to a show for, co- for like quite some time, but I did follow them on their Twitter and stuff and like started to see them grow and grow and grow. Um, that's actually where I got my tactic from because they followed because they actually followed me back. And then I was like, ah, that's how social media works in terms of growing your your like audience. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, just like finding like-minded people following them. And hopefully they follow you back. And if they don't, un- like, unfollow them. Easy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, like, that was my journey into, into Brit Rest. And the fact that it was all through Bret Hart really is, like, pretty cool. And, like, just another reason for me to absolutely love Bret Hart. And, like, yeah, like, so then I was going to, to shows either alone or with Hannah because I felt like I needed company at these things, like, after a while. And Hannah, bless her, was, was, like, coming to shows – not really enjoying them for, the, for 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 the wrestling but she was enjoying them for like the, the drunkenness and that atmosphere yeah
0: um
1: and then um i and then i started hanging out with Hannah's like partners and stuff and one of um one of her friends best mate is jack garside um sorry one of her friends husband is jack garside and he knew wes so I was at a house party and Wes was Wes was just chatting to me and he mentioned wrestling. Which Wes? Uh, Lee Wes. Yeah. And then I was like yeah like if you like wrestling you need to, to come to these British shows and like he was like yeah cool because like, like he was a huge fan um, he used to go to the TNA shows all the time with his brother. Yeah uh, yeah. So like he went to the smaller shows as well because I know TNA even did like small shows in like um, like uh, Stevenage and places like that, like because because they were so big over here, they wouldn't just do the the Wembley show. They would do a few uh, like a, uh, they would do like a like a, a few shows. So he kind of understood the indie scene a little bit. And then I took him to one of the shows, um, just just me and him. I can't remember which which chapter it was now, but um, yeah, he was blown away by Progress. Told his brother about it, then told Mike about it because they used to work with Mike. And then from there, it expanded to meeting you and James almost back to back. And then it just expanded because you've got a bigger friend group than, than I've got. <laughs> well, it's not like I
0: mean, but I only met the people at shows as well, you know, it's just that it's like it's like um, it's it's like a fucking pyramid scheme when you've got more people talking to more people. Well, then you get you grow quicker, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely snowballed from like. Yeah. Because, like, from, from where you mentioned, like, you met me, but then I met James on the next show. And then I, I happened to have met Alex and Pete, like the Hitchcocks, like, at um, a, um, it must have been RevPro, like, yeah. you know, before that. And, it, you know, that's just, it just happened to work that way,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, James knew RevPro Rob. I knew Shafi. Um, Mike knew Matt and John et Etc. Et People have come and gone, but like, by and large, like it, like, like it got to a point where our little corner in in the ballroom almost wasn't capable of holding us all.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the, the best thing about it, and I always
0: say this is there was a period of time. And now obviously I, I we talk all the time, but even before, like, I don't know, maybe it was just before I was a part of the Facebook group or whatever, but I knew that I could just rock up to a show on a Sunday on my own, and I knew that someone was going to be there that I knew.
1: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: Yeah, and that that was the best thing about it. I was like, I know that one, and like, even I was like, oh yeah, you know, like um, there's Ross and Mike, and then there's the you know the two good looking cool brothers, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Like I probably I didn't even really know everyone then. I you know there's the guy who's really good at fucking um, the crystal maze, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, but. I, you know, over time got to know everyone and then like, you know, we all ended up at your wedding, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, we, well, it's true. Like that's just, that's my example of like, we, you know, we, we're friends outside of wrestling now, you know, if if Britrest never came back, like we're still going to be friends forever, you know, cause it's, we formed that bond, but it,
1: that was, for me, that was the best part about wrestling should be fun. Yeah, massively. um, And it got to a point where it, it felt a bit like we were going to take over T- like take over grit rest um, <laughs> which I know that Brummit's still adamant that that uh, we will put on a show at, at some at some point. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I can't say enough nice things about just like like just the idea of spending time with friends and like just the, just like the small little in jokes that. That have run through the last two three four years whatever it is of going to to, to like shows and the memories and the fact that we all know that Matt will that that like Matt will stand on the steps and break his neck and shout at the ref we know that (laughs) James will fall over (laughs) like you know I like massively cherish all those things and I just can't wait for it to return really yeah man completely agree Mate, tell me about
0: then the idea to take it from just a group of blokes who drink together on a Sunday
1: to it being more of a like social media presence. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely changed over time. So originally, my idea was that we were going to be more of a blog and the social media would be a little bit of it. And obviously, the blog we had, um, we had um, Watch Along Wednesdays, uh, Nerd Watch Wednesdays, we called it, um, where we would like each. It started off with just one match where where one person would choose a match and then we'd watch the show together. And then I'd, um, was it Slack that we used at the time? We used Slack maybe to yeah. kind of have our like long conversation. And we'd like cop- like copy it across. We... Wasn't that wasn't that absolutely mental for you trying to edit that though? <laughs> yeah, well, you have to do the. Bl- well, you have to t- t- like do the the uh, podcast now, mate. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. It's, different, it's different sort of editing, word editing or sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, that was amazing because it was us doing something fun and social together. But I don't think that, like, it was really catching on beyond that. I, I'm not that bothered about that, to, to be honest. Like, when it was first kicking off, it was more about the group anyway. Um yeah. And we also did the Pickums. Which started years ago now, but um, yeah, like that was a, that was another side of our social life where we turn anything into a game and a drinking game and money on the line, <laughs> um, yeah. which was a lot of fun. And then we changed it slightly where um, people could, could 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 choose a, a match from a certain pay per view, and then we'd have and then we'd end up with a review of a whole show which again was a lot of fun but again wasn't really catching much traction beyond what it was um then the stuff that was catching traction a little bit on social was our re- our, our like drunken recaps of shows well where, yeah. where it was written form um and we'd write it the more like the like like the day after we'd have a conversation about what we did um and like even like the promotions like i think rev pro once Andy Quilden quote tweeted our one from Rev Pro and was like, "Read this. This is amazing." Sort of thing. Like that was amazing. Like because we definitely said some pretty shitty things in it, and it's amazing that the promoter was like, (laughs) "Yeah." (laughs) Um, I'm sure that's when I got the idea to to do the Instagram stories. Exactly. I was just about to to say. So then, well, then then it it kind of felt like we were obviously nothing in compared to most other. Wrestling sites and things, but it just felt like we were gaining a little bit of traction um, socially, and we were getting comments from people outside the group and whatnot because we were starting to just create more content. Um, then you had the idea of basically taking on Instagram, and whilst the, the, the like shows were on, you did an amazing job of documenting the shows um, through your Instagram stories. Um, the journey there the wrestling itself the mix a minute which we which we'll do a um, a podcast version of later where you took someone each week um, a different member of the group and just basically asked them six questions in 60 seconds yep and um, loved like and like we would all stand and watch and it was all like just real real fun and it felt like again like it felt like the instagram was almost the place to see the actual content whereas i was just kind of on twitter plugging away reacting to real life stuff happening in the wrestling world that was the place to capture what really wrestling should be fun was about because that's what wrestling should be fun is we're a group of guys that go and watch wrestling and get drunk and have a great time and you perfectly captured that with with your um, instagram stories um and yeah so then that was like that was a lot of fun um i think you started to really nail it in terms of how to capture that sort of stuff um and then the pandemic happened and i know that we've spoken about it previously in this interview so i won't go too much into it but it felt a bit like the content dried up but but the content that we are able to to to, to churn out at the moment is still happening and we've got almost uh Twelve thousand followers on Twitter. I think you've got one thousand five hundred.
0: Is it on on Instagram? Yeah, it's uh, it's getting close there. Yeah, pretty nearly nelly nelly fifteen
1: hundred. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, for a for a, for a bunch of mates who are just larking about, not too bad. Well, the
0: the thing the thing about it for me with the Instagram is like when I was doing the lot the like the Instagram stories, like the videos of what happens at the shows, we only had like 100 followers then. You know, like like I've grown, I grew the following over the pandemic by doing stupid memes and shit. Um, I never even used to do that. It was just the stories back in the day. Like I never posted anything. So now I feel like when we do go to live shows again and I can show people like the fun we have, I think, I I do honestly feel that people will enjoy the stories like the, the of live shows. Yeah, Um, because yeah I I do really feel that way
1: but I I just we just haven't had an audience for that really yeah exactly um I'm I'm really excited to kind of because over the past two years we must have gained about six seven thousand followers so there's a whole new captive audience that enjoy our stuff on Twitter that that I've got no idea that like of like what we do at shows and things so I'm excited to kind of implement a lot of the stuff that you do, whether I just capture it off Instagram and just put it on um, Twitter as well, you know, like, yeah, well that that's,
0: and that's the whole idea of it. Like I want, I want people to see what we do and go, fuck, that looks like a great time at the wrestling. Maybe my mates and I should go.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I know that you like, you're like me and that like, you really hope that the, that the bubble hasn't burst entirely with, Brit Rest. And I think that, a positive um, wrestling Instagram, Twitter channel showing the fun that can be had at a brick wrestling show can only be a good thing, you know. Like,
0: yeah, I hope so, man. Yeah, I, I really, really hope
1: so. I'm sure, actually, like how we've said about people say say some stupid shit on uh, online. I'm sure that there'll be some people that are you know that bring up the Me Too movement and stuff and say that we shouldn't be going to these things and blah blah blah, but each each to their own if you feel like you like you're not comfortable going to a show now then that's your prerogative and um, and fair play and that's your truth and um hopefully the people that are comfortable still enjoy it you know yeah i mean at, at some point you have to put
0: your faith in the promoters again um i think uh but anyway that's like you said it's a personal choice and a personal decision so yeah yeah um mate should we should we do a bit of a mix a minute then you mentioned it like well we won't do it in a minute it's just six questions so on my I, on my little cricket podcast I call it the super over so there's.
1: oh ho, ho, ho it's magic
0: you know it is the super over there's no time limit but i just got six questions here should we should we go through absolutely yeah, no, man oh right, man so uh number one like straight off the bat and some of these are going to be hard like i haven't these are all surprises so <laughs> like that, it's a lot of stuff that's like favorite this or favorite that right obviously all the big hits but the first one's hard like when If people, because obviously you're, everyone knows that, like I said before, you're the Homer food critic. Like you're (laughs) the most positive about the most amount of wrestling. You touched on a little bit of why, but why is it, do you think that you just love wrestling? Like, what is it about wrestling? Is it, you know, is there something you can put your finger on when you're a kid or is it something now that's kept you here? Is there... Like, if someone asked you, because I'm sure people do, they ask me, why do you watch this shit?
1: Like, what do you say? Hmm, that is a big question. Uh, so I, when you just asked me, I, my brain first went to the fact that I used to love watching wrestling with with um, my brother and my nan in, in particular. Um, sadly, my, my nan's, lo, like, no, like, no longer here, my I haven't lived with my brother in the same city as my brother since I was 18. So so, I definitely think there's an element of like, it gives me that comfort a little bit like how how you were saying, um, Simpsons and wrestling is a comfort to you. I think there's an element of that. And then beyond that kind of emotional side, I think just, it's just fun. Like people, I love the fact that people just leave their um, believability at, at the door by and large. Like, we all know the game. Yeah. People, like, people are, are putting on a show to, to to try and entertain us, and people try and do it in so many different ways. I just love the fact that you can watch a card of technical stuff, hardcore stuff, lucha stuff, strong style, then, like, a big old Butlin style main event, like, and Hogan, all on one show. And, like, it's like, I don't know, I just feel like, it's an art form. It's an amazing art form. It's it's story driven, so you get that kind of cool thing that a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast is more about narrative and stories and angles and things rather than the wrestling itself. Like it's equally just as important. Yeah. And also, you've got action, drama, comedy, like it's it's just like the best bit of everything, and like sport. Is amazing, and the unpredictability of sport is probably the best thing about it. And the unpredictability of sport—the problem with that is that when it's bad, it's bad, right? Like, yeah. if a, like, like if a UFC match is bad, it's just un, it's not entertaining, and it's a let, and it's a letdown. Or, or even even if it's good, but
0: your team loses, it still fucking ruins it, right? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Like I, you could, I
1: could watch the best test match in the world, but if England lose, I'll, oh, it'll ruin my day. There's an, there's an element of that with, with like wrestling when you see people really up in arms about some like, carrying cross loss, who like people really do feel it. Um, but it's different. I do get it, but, yeah. but, but like, the, but like what I said about UFC is that UFC is real, so you're not guaranteed to have an entertaining bout whereas the idea of wrestling is by and large to entertain so yeah. so so you shouldn't ever really get an, unent- an unentertaining match because the idea behind pro wrestling is to entertain
0: yeah i heard yeah i heard raven say that once he's like every every pro wrestling match should be um it should tell the story of the best ufc match yeah yeah like the the good the good guy always
1: is in the most peril and then comes back yeah yeah and like how we've said about the hangman page um kenny um stuff at the moment like that's probably the best story in wrestling and it's because it's it's been so long got it's got so many layers like people that that hate on pro wrestling like they would probably hear that and be like yeah whatever but like if that was on i don't know trying to think of a show now like i don't know What's a what's a good show these days? I only watch wrestling, so I'm not sure. about like, <laughs> M- Mayor of Easttown or something. Yeah, like people would be raving about this amazing story that unfolds and unfurls and then twists and turns. Like, that's what wrestling does.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely, mate. Yeah, I, I, I love it. It's a good explanation. It's
1: uh, and I, I I pretty much agree completely. And the only wow. thing that, and the only thing that hurts wrestling sometimes is, and especially for fans of wrestling is, and and it's hard to, to break the it's hard to break the cycle. I know that I that I just can't do it. I just love watching it so much that I just, it's just I feel like I have to watch these things. But like the only bad thing that I think that can come from wrestling when you're into it is that you just watch too much, and then like you like you start to become burnt out a little bit on. wrestling itself or the stories or you start to be like oh that like oh that was cool but I watched this thing on the show yesterday that that was better like yeah whereas as a kid growing up I only really had WWF and I watched it on whatever day superstars was on and I was just enthralled for it like like for an hour yeah I just I wonder like I sometimes wonder what my life would be like if I
0: had the WWE Network when I was a kid like I just I, I would have watched it for 20, 20 hours a day. Like it, I, I would have, I would have had it. I would have been trying to watch it in class at school. You know, like, yeah. I just, the only reason that I wasn't watching wrestling was if there wasn't any more for me to grab. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wonder if there's, like there must be kids who like parents must be so bang on it, I guess, to stop. I don't know, but there must just be kids out there who just have access to this and just watch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, but, like, I've definitely stopped watching as much wrestling as I was two years ago. Like, I was mad into New Japan two years ago, culminating with Royal Quest, I'd say. um, Yeah, where, like, I would watch even their, like, Road 2 shows and stuff. And I just don't watch New Japan anymore. But, yeah. Well, it, you know what? It, it, let me get a question two here because it, it sort of segues
0: in. I was actually going to ask about, like, how does and and this is particularly to do with like your lovely wife like how how does real day to day life work when you do consume so much wrestling like what what is like are you watching this at
1: midnight after the mrs goes to hey. like yeah, so, so my day to day life is i I'll, I'll, similar to you i wake up super early yeah we sometimes wake up at 5am and and see each other online and talk and and talk raps <laughs> <laughs> every now and then <laughs> Um, so I get up early, um, sort myself out, and I start like work quite early because I like to kind of get my working day in order. Um, then I'll do my I'll do my like working day up, up until six pm. Um, I'll have my tw- my like Twitter on for wrestling should be fun stuff. I'll try and post like two posts a day um, in the afternoon, and then just. Like if there's anything that pops up, I'll respond to that. Um, then Hannah comes home from her work and we hang out, and then she goes to bed at like eleven, and we watch something in t- on something on like Netflix or or something like that. And she tends to just fall asleep, and that's when I just crack on with whatever I need t- to watch from that that previous night or the, or like yeah so like that's pretty much
0: so you just like but honest this is just you saying you don't sleep
1: pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then friday night comes and i just can't count <laughs> yeah no mate. fair, fair play save your money at the pub isn't it <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah no that's that it's it, it's something that interests me probably maybe even more than the listener just because like um i it's not a new relationship, but I've only really moved in full time with my girlfriend in the last year, and I just know it's like even. And I I probably don't have the same drive to watch as much wrestling as I once did, but even like when I was just living on my own, I just put it on all the time because it. Even when I wasn't watching it, I just had it on. Yeah. Whereas now,
1: now it's fucking MasterChef. You know. Yeah, I know that you said like um. That a lot of times you just have it on in the background, and you, and you just kind of look up every now and again when something sounds like it's, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that's part of what you're saying before about
0: the comfort of you know it's just like a, an old, an old friend. I don't nothing's going to shock me. It doesn't. Matter. I know that there's nothing scary going to pop out. Really, like you know, um, but yeah, it's it just interests me because I yeah, I, like but I got to, the, the answer to the
1: question is you just don't sleep, which is fair.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: Actually, a big part of that is um, I remember talking to the guy that runs wrestling memes. I don't know if you've if you've seen that. Um, oh, may I've seen. There's a lot of a lot of similar ones. I may have or I may not have. Okay, right. Um. Well, he's well, he's got like I think he's got like a hundred thousand followers or something. Yeah. Um, he started four or five years previous to what, to what we did. Um, and I remember talking to him, um, because because he was on a botchmania and then that. That like that, like, following week, um, I just saw him in the progress queue. Um, back in the day when I was a, a progress queue anchor by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mate. I, I'm not going to put down people that queue, but get to the fucking pub, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just got started, talk, started talking to him, and he was saying that. Actually, his most captive audience, even though he's from the UK, is when Raw and Smackdown are on live, and then just to be active online, posting up kind of reactive stuff to what's happening. And I tried it one night when, I think it was during the summer when it didn't really matter that I was out, and I was like, bloody hell, like, we're getting so many more likes and retweets now than I do if I post it at, like, 2pm UK time. Um. So that's like, that's, I guess that's a slight negative in, in terms of being so keen to try and get wrestling to be fun, bigger and better. Um, but I'm happy to, to do it. And it's not like I'm not enjoying watching the wrestling. So Yeah. Um,
0: we just what I was just thinking out loud, you probably, the, the listener might have caught me a little off guard there because I was just thinking like, we, we should definitely uh, live Instagram story slash live tweet our
1: SummerSlam drinking session, yeah? Oh, my, yeah, definitely. I, like, who's who's actually going to that? Because um, my mate Phil and Pete are coming. Oh,
0: sweet. I fucking love Phil and Pete. Yeah, cool. Um, well, I just bought my ticket. Mike bought his ticket. Um, I think James said he might come, but I don't think he's bought a ticket yet. Um Sweet, and, and then but all, but also Connolly reckons that him, John, um, Harry, uh, who else is in that crew? They like the, those guys. Of they, Matt thinks they've definitely got tickets to a SummerSlam party, and he thinks it's the same one. Sick. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think those guys are coming. the The GYV boys, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, the GYV boys. <laughs> Man, So, yeah, so, so like how we were saying about how the Instagram feed has struggled from just not showing off what, what we're about, definitely, um, definitely if, that's, if that is the case, then, yeah, definitely,
0: man. And you know, you know what? Like, I don't care giving people a plug or whatever. If anyone listens to this, if you're in London or close by and you are like, hey, I wouldn't mind having a beer with these lads because they seem sound, um, get yourself a ticket to the Hooked on Wrestling Slam event in Shoreditch Uh, And we're going to be there. And I'm the six foot six, uh, you know, 180 kilogram Australian. um, And it's also my fucking birthday. So uh, (laughs) come say hello if you want. Like honestly, if you're already going to it, come say hi. Um, I'll be wearing uh, ECW One Night Stand 06 t shirt. (laughs) Yes, you will.
1: Love
0: it. Yeah, cool, mate. How many questions have we done here? That's mate. That's only two, right? Uh, let's get into this. This is not the mix of minute. Um, right. Question three, uh, question three is a double barrel. Uh, so favorite matches, right? We'll just do, you, you, can, you, you don't have to just pick one if you don't want to. Right. But when I say favorite, uh, live match you've been to,
1: what comes to your mind? Um, for all the right reasons, um, Skull, Osprey, Ring of Honor. Yeah, me too. Fuck, that was good. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you have anything more you want to say about it? No, it was just um it just felt like Ring of Honor a company that I know very little about but hold massive like respect for for being the promotion that was seen as, you know, the basically what basically what NXT became and 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 AEW is now, the kind of hot promotion that had all the best wrestlers. They came to our city. They put on our guys in a championship match and they blew everyone else on that card away. And that was a good card. Like it just felt special. It just felt like everyone in, in that crowd knew exactly what, what, like what was happening here. Like British wrestling was being like unfurled to the world pretty much during that match.
0: Yeah. And they absolutely knocked it out of the park. They had an, uh, just an incredible
1: match. And also, um, um, as great as the wrestling was and I was very much invested, I kept on looking over to the commentary table and Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness were both just stood up like for, for, for all of it, just losing their minds, like just like all, like all the fans were. And that was really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was – yeah, me too. Me too. What a match. Um, second part of the question is, what about uh, do you have any favourite – a favourite match or favourite matches that come to your mind about
1: just wrestling all time? That maybe you weren't there for or um, that Dino Brown Valvina's match was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh mate, there's so many, isn't there? Um, yeah. i I can't really give you one that that like that like that is my match. Um, off the top of my head, I absolutely adore. Um, Bret Hart versus Diesel from *Promise of series '95. I absolutely love that match, yeah. and I, and I think that Diesel's fucking shit. But in that match, <laughs> in that match, he's amazing because of Bret, and yeah, just amazing. Yeah. It's all that's almost like I guess not
0: to put words in your mouth, but it's almost like that's your guy getting a good match out of someone who. Sh- it's all almo- it almost like that's the sort of match that you would show to someone who's not a Bret fan to prove that. Brett's the guy, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant, outstanding stuff.
0: Uh, mate, question four then. Um, I wanted to ask about the Twitter. You spoke a bit about the Twitter and stuff behind it. You spoke a little bit about, like, how there's often a lot of negative stuff. What do you think is the best part about running the Twitter? Like, what have you, like, what positives have you got out of it, like, since starting it?
1: Um well the reason that, that i actually started the twitter because because we started the twitter previous to the instagram and the website um was because i was just sick and tired of reading negative stuff about wrestling and i i like i'm sure that, that the listeners can hear that i absolutely love wrestling and just just like hearing it t- like hearing wrestling fans talk down about wrestling it's just like oh mate just like like this is a really great tool to kind of like be quite a positive place but like all the other kind of communities it gets bogged down in bullshit and I was like well if no one else is going to do it I'll like I'll just do it and yeah that like that was the reason that I started it and the best thing about it now is that we get nice responses to, to things that a lot of times people are shitting on and then we'll try and find an angle where actually this is a good thing because of this and then people will, will like respond in a positive way and that's really great to, to like be part of to try and turn something negative into a positive secondly the best thing about it is like for example i think i put it in the in the group i might have just put it into test to, to one person apologies if i did and you've not seen it but like other wrestling accounts putting in tweets that say like tag your favorite wrestling profile and then we get tagged in it like that is amazing like there's so many out there yeah and for someone to actively say of all the wrestling things that are out there including ones that put a lot of money into it and, and ours is all run for free like for, for, for like someone to, to say wrestling should be fun is my favorite profile like that's that's amazing it, that's that's really, really cool. Um,
0: I, I've got a favourite thing about the Wrestling Should Be Fun Twitter, but I, I hope it doesn't ruin, like, your next answer for the next question, but I'm going to do it anyway. My favourite thing ever about the Wrestling Should Be Fun Twitter was when we went to that WWE, um, <laughs> what, what was it called, like, like their, their BT Sport launch, and when I met Stephanie McMahon and I said, hey, my name's Dom, I'm from wrestlingshouldbefun.com.
1: <laughs> I didn't <laughs> that. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And and she and she goes, she looks me straight in the eye and she goes, love to meet you. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, she's an absolute sweetheart, wasn't she? Mate, she is the absolute best. Anyway,
0: like uh if that's your answer for the next question, I apologize. Um but question five. Um what are what are some of your favorite wrestling should be fun live memories? Like not about the
1: wrestling. Like what are some of the cool things that you remember? Like Um I think my like that like like the memory that I love probably the most is the time that Axel Dieter Jr. did his last show. Oh fuck yeah! And uh, came into the crowd to like say thank you to everyone. He's still just finished his match. He's pouring with sweat, and we basically were just like saying to him how happy we are that he's that he's got his contract with the WWE, and yeah. like saying like just saying all the nice things to him which were all true of like you earned it you're amazing you're gonna smash it and he just kind of looked at us and like he could have easily just said thanks and brushed past us but he kind of clenched us all even though we we were like with four beers and we all just kind of jumped up and down like we were like like we just won a cup final and it felt like we were part of his victory and he must have felt like these fans are part of the reason that I got the, the contract that I got and it was just like a really amazing moment where like it proves that, you know, Brit rests can make people's lives better. Like it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I remember that exact moment looking in his eye. And by the way, this is um Marcel Bartel, if anyone, oh, sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 If anyone doesn't know that, like, and I, yeah, just looking in his eye and you're exactly right. It was like, it was like, it, this is the dumbest thing I'm ever going to say out loud and people will rip on me for it, but it was like we were his family. Like, it was like, he ran out into the fans and he he grabbed us, you know. It was like, like we were like, oh, you know, thank you, well done, go well. And he was like, no, fucking thank you, you know. Yeah, that was
1: incredible. Right. Yeah, so, like yeah, like, that's... Yeah, that's that's probably the moment that kind of I like I like I cherish a lot. Um meeting all the wrestlers is really, really cool. And like I know that you do it more than a lot of other people do it. Um I don't particularly have a have a favorite memory of meeting a wrestler, but like I try to keep my conversations with them quite short. I just always feel like especially when they're out of the arena or Bar or whatever it is that they've just just wrestled in. I don't know. I just feel like unless they've come physically come to sit with us or something like that, where it's different. Like with OJ, that was great, where he just came and sat with us for like an hour and we just chatted wrestling. Like, I, like I always just feel a bit like uneasy about just taking too much time with them. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: I have that as well. But my thing is, I I very rarely talk to wrestlers about
1: wrestling. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, like I I remember like I spoke I remember talking to Zack Sabre Jr for about half an hour about techno music.
1: <laughs> and I I
0: don't, I don't know shit about techno music. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like he you know like like stupid and I'm sure that's like that's that's how like uh you know TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo became friends of the group because uh, like we just spoke about stuff that wasn't wrestling I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Like,
0: yeah. Adam, Adam Sandler films and shit, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's amazing like Yeah and obviously i and obviously I completely get that um when you blur the lines between fandom and wrestlers, that's where the danger a little bit happens with what's with, with with the stuff that that unfilled that that did and fortunately we we don't have any stories any any negative stories apart from i know that you that you've met a few people that you felt were were a little bit of a douche, but like yeah, but that, like, that, that but, happens. That happens in any walk of life, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah. like, but like, some of the memories that that like, you, like, like, like we do have with them is, are are absolutely brilliant. Like playing ping pong with Shane Taylor, and yeah, like, you no, know, like being at um being at that party where like Osprey was running around like he just was a Duracell bunny, and Jimmy Havoc looking at him like that man is twenty six years old. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, yeah, like, it was a bubble, and that was part of the problem with with, with BritRest, like, maybe they let the fans in too much, and I know that the likes of Fight Club Pro were particularly guilty of that, and obviously stuff happened that was very unfortunate, but, like, we weren't part of, it, of anything like that, and... No, man, no, and I, I think you don't even need to say that. Of course we weren't, like, you know, like... We like we like we just saw it as an opportunity to feel like part of a big family,
0: and unfortunately,
1: yeah. people took advantage of that, didn't they? Like loads, loads of amazing memories, and then like, and then there's just the memories of hanging out with your mates. Like, it, like it's not all about hanging out with Matt Riddle and playing a stupid drinking game with, with with Matt Riddle. It's it's you know, it's the small little stupid things that you get up to with your mates. It's 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 being pissed out your head. Falling out of Alexandra Palace, thinking of puns about wrestlers for, for 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 what seems like two hours, and just giggling into yeah. in, like into into the night and onto the night bus, and not yeah. remembering how you got home. <laughs> mate, I, like I,
0: well, I mean, I can't believe you. We had your stag at the wrestling, mate. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, like yeah, like that's something that I probably should have mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that was that was an amazing night, like how I said that my passions in life are football, music and wrestling and that pretty much had all three. So, you know, it was perfect and it was it was a room full of people that I love and doing things that I love. So, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, I'm incredibly fortunate that you managed to capture it and um, I'll forever hold those videos dear.
0: Yeah, man. Oh yeah, I I forgot about that I did the videos, yeah, oh cool That's brilliant Um, Mate, last question Not as serious, I'm sure it'll be a shorter one Uh, Mate One of the things that we always joked about Behind, you know, internet walls Or whatever, with the Twitter was We need to get to 10,000 followers So we can get on pro wrestling tees Mate, any danger of getting these fucking T-shirts printed or what?
1: Yeah, I do need to look into that (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, Although, we've, we've smashed it now. Like, just so we can have one, I want to say that
1: we've got a shirt on pro wrestling tees. Yeah, that would be amazing. Although we can go onto the black market and ask shads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: there is one wrestling should be fun t-shirt kicking around.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, mate, I I've had such a lovely time catching up,
1: Ross. Is there anything that we've missed, mate? Um. Well, there's, there's absolutely loads that we can talk about. But, yeah, just um, thanks to all the listeners that are listening. And um, if you're part of the crew, then I look forward to seeing you soon. And as you say, if you're not, give us a shout on Twitter, on Instagram, or come to the hooked summer hooked SummerSlam.
0: Brilliant stuff, mate. Excellent.
1: Ross, thanks so much for being generous
0: with your time as always. But I guess it's both of our baby, really. So, um, yeah, love it, man.
1: Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Until next week, when we've got um, um, one of our first outside guests. Oh yeah, we should we
0: should probably plug that at the back end, actually. So um, next week we've got Kyle from Apron Bunk coming in, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So we'll, we'll and we'll have him for the whole show. So and all the regular segments are back next week: call up sheet, uh, uh, what the nerds are watching, roundtable, and book of bingo. All of them are back. Looking forward to it, mate. Cheers, man.
1: See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.
0: Ross Casey, live in Living Colour, uh, long-form interview here. I hope you enjoyed that half as much as I did, because you would have had a cracking hour or so. Um, I love talking to Ross. Uh, Ross, thanks again for your time, man, and just, I goes without saying, thanks for everything you do here on Wrestling Should Be Fun, uh, the creator, and he runs the Twitter, and he organizes all of us, other hopeless nerds, every single week to get this podcast up and going, and everything else, and the Instagram, and all that sort of stuff. So, cheers, Ross but most importantly as always thank you to you for listening dear listener we'll be back next week until then rate, review, subscribe hit us up on social media but most importantly drink lots of water look after your mates wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun
1: wrestling
0: should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun